0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. (sighs) I wish I had something nice to say. I really do. I've been positive about the Phillies for as long as I could. Well into August, as the losses piled up into the beginning of September, as bad as it was, it was just like, well, there's some time. You're playing the Braves. You're going to have opportunities. It's not over yet, and my God, it's over. Um, I know they have games left, and statistically, yada, yada, yada. Like, y- you can tell me that stuff all you want. I don't care. It's done. It's dead. And part of me just wanted to not talk about the Phillies tonight, to be real. I, I was like, you know what? I'm only on till 2. It's a short show. Uh, I'll just come out and say, you know what? I'm not even uh, just forget the Phillies. It was a bad loss. Let's talk Sixers, right? Like, just forget that the Phillies existed for for a night. Just dream for a little bit that it, none of this is going on, right? And and it's funny because that's what this is in a sense anyway, right? It's supposed to be an escape. It's a way to turn your brain off, enjoy something else, focus your energy somewhere. And man, uh, I just wanted to escape the escape. It's Inception, and um. I look at this Phillies team now, and and I go. I went through so many things after the loss. Um, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking. In part, it's just a relief. It's just a relief to know that this is done. That for the next couple of games, sure, they get they got a couple more games to play, but uh, I don't have to fuss. I don't have to sit there and watch every pitch like I did tonight, and and worry and wonder and and stress, it's done. There's a major weight that's off my shoulders now knowing that this Philly season is over. Uh, in a way, it's, it's really nothing but relief. But the next thing is that, okay, now, now you have to start processing stuff, right? It's what do you make of this season? And what do you make of the future of the Phillies, right? Because uh, what's the first thing that happens? Hey, you lose a game, oh, there's always next week. Your season ends, what happens? Oh, well, there's always next year. Right, what is it going to be next year for the Phillies? And I don't know. I don't know what next year is going to be. Do you? I mean, think about it. Think about the Phillies at this point. What happened? Right, like you go back to August, and me and Mike Angelino were talking about this before the show. Like you go back to August. And you think about where the Phillies are at that time. You're like, all right, yeah, hey, 15 games over 500. You're leading the division for a month straight. You got a lot of young guys that are playing good baseball. And uh, now what do you have? Not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, it's, It's upsetting. And I have to go all the way back to the first game of the season, right? Like, Think about what it was when Aaron Nola's taken the mound against the Braves in that game they lose day one of the regular season. It was a rough game. It was very frustrating. But there was so much hope, right? You knew that there, there was going to be a lot of dice rolled and you would see a lot of the Phillies' future. Who is Reese Hoskins? Is he going to be this guy that is on historically hot home run hitting streaks or is he the guy that hits those bad slumps? After a year, I don't know. Is he a left fielder or a first baseman? Uh, he might be neither, but still, I don't know. Who's your center fielder for the Phillies? I- is it Roman Quinn? Is it Odubel Herrera? The guy's a former all-star. He-, he had a, what, like 45 game on base streak at one point in the season? Uh, where is he? Who is he? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Who's your outfielder? At the beginning of the season, we were asking ourselves the uh, same question. Who's going to be in right field? Is it Nick Williams? Is it Aaron Altair? Uh, Going into next year, you tell me. I don't know. What did the Phillies accomplish? Right? Like, you had all these young players. You had all this upside. The youngest team in baseball trying to figure things out, and that's what it was. This was the growth year for the young team. This was, as you talk about tanking and just going down and down and down and all of these different losses – this is the first time that you see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is the first time where you start taking that tick back upward. And sure, the record indicates that the Phillies have taken that step forward. But with who? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this team. I'm looking at the guys that are out there, the people that are producing. Uh, is it Jorge Alfaro, a catcher every night? No, a lot of times it's, uh, it's Wilson Ramos. You know, you see Joey Bautista, or Jose Bautista, Joey Bat's out there in, in right field. You're seeing Justin Bohr sometimes out there at first base. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this team. Let me ask you about Scott Kingery. How'd you feel about Scott Kingery going into this year? Well, he gets a big contract, record-setting contract, what, six years, $24 million? Okay, he's a franchise guy. We're going to treat him like that. Uh, he is the second baseman of the future. Or at least he was supposed to be. Where is he now? I don't know. What have we accomplished with Scott Kingery this year? We've put him at shortstop, and maybe he's the shortstop of the future, but J.P. Crawford's here, and what are we going to do with him? Are we getting Crawford, who was a and is a better defensive player, and now we're moving him to second base? Like, what is the middle infield? What is the future of the Phillies' defense there? I don't know. So what have we accomplished? I mean, it's so frustrating. It's... This is the kind of year you just want to say that oh we've seen enough good signs. You add a piece here or there. Like I just going into this season and midway through this season, it felt like this team is on the rise. You do have young players playing well, and all you need to do is plug in Bryce Harper, plug in Manny Machado, and we're rolling. We're going full steam ahead. It's time. Let's go. Is that the case? I mean, really, like, how much better off, how much more certain are you of the Phillies' future after this season is now playing itself out as the Phillies drop dead at the finish line? How much better do you feel? Where are they? What is the clarity that we've received through watching all of these games, what, 152 games now of Phillies baseball? Have they moved forward? And and what have they accomplished? I mean, really, that's the question. What have the Phillies accomplished this year? 888-729-9494. I'm Vince Quinn. I'm going to be with you till 2. Uh, because I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the Phillies have accomplished. The one thing, there's one thing I can definitively say that is a lock, and that is Aaron Nola is an ace. I got that. Great. I know that one player that's going to pitch every five days is an ace. Outside of that, everything else on the team is just about up for grabs. Sir Anthony Dominguez, okay, yeah, sure. But again, Scott Kingery, J.P. Crawford, Nick Williams, Aaron Altair, Roman Quinn, Oduble Herrera, even Carlos Santana. Is he going to be our third baseman next year? Is Mike Alfranco the third baseman? I don't know. I don't know anything about the Phillies infield. I don't know anything about their outfield. Uh, Given how bad the hitting's been, maybe they bring Wilson Ramos back. They like his stability, maybe. They like that he's a good bat. He's been the best bat they've had in the last stretch here. It's been him and Santana. I mean, what's the future there? I don't know what has this team accomplished and and it's weird because i felt just a month ago that even though as they were losing games and the slump was on it just felt like okay well they've got young guys and and everything is going to be fine eventually next year is going to be fine but as we sit here a month and a half later i i can't say that i can't say that everything's going to be fine for the phillies i, I can't say that the the vision is clear and the core is set that's what you want Like, you look at the Eagles a couple of years ago in that 2016 season. You knew a couple of things were good, right? You knew Brandon Brooks was pretty darn good. He showed himself that year as that big free agent signing. You knew Lane Johnson uh, for the games that he played and the games that he didn't play. You knew that he was an important part of the team. Carson Wentz was showing you enough. Uh, Like Jordan Hicks looks good when he's out there. Obviously, Fletcher Cox. There was Brandon Graham. There were enough things, Malcolm Jenkins, you looked at this stuff and you said, you know what, they have a lot of flaws on the outside, but deep down in that center, in the middle of that donut, there's a good bit of jelly, and it tastes good. I'm here for that. But uh, I'm looking at the Phillies, and I don't know. That's what sucks about all of this. I just wish that I I could look at this team and, and say with certainty that I know what the future looks like, even a little bit, but I don't. I don't think Gabe Kapler does. I don't think Matt Klintak does. Nobody. I, I mean, really, how can you say with any certainty that you know what the future of this organization is or like what the lineup looks like offensively, defensively? I don't know. And so as weird as it is, like as, as, as excited as we were a month and a half ago where Gabe Kapler – was a manager of the year candidate and the Phillies were on their way to the playoffs and everything looked fine and dandy. Uh, it just feels totally different now. It feels completely different to me. Have they accomplished anything? I don't know. I, I It doesn't feel like it to me. 888-729-9494. Let's talk to Mac and Broomall. Mac, what the hell happened this year, Mac? Have they done yeah. anything?
1: You're speaking my. You're speaking my conscience. The illustration that you said, that you knew the Eagles were going to do something, and you knew they had the potential, and uh, it, you, you knew something good was going to happen, and and they did. And and uh, I'm glad you alluded to the Eagles because there's something I've been wanting to say that you, no other caller probably said it, but I'm going to nail it. Okay. The Eagles. What has made the Eagles different? And I've been. I'm 59 years old. I've been following them since the days of Mike McCormick. Uh, so I can relate to the movie The Invincible uh, with all its flaws. But there's one thing the Eagles have this year that's different, and it goes from the the book that they have out now called
0: Birds of Prey Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you have you read that no i've seen it in uh, every grocery store i've been to you know i've been to two or three and they're they're all over the place so
1: yeah when i get when i you know when i when i when i get the money put aside i'll i'm gonna buy it but i read the reviews on it and it really seems like a piece of work like the one bringing the heat only from a christian perspective i think that i believe i'm sure that they, my brother's been saying it about the eagles he, he, he knew they were going to go to the Super Bowl and win it and they didn't it's because of that that X factor that the Phillies don't have. That you had said it. You had alluded to it. There's no sense of urgency, and that's why they don't. I have. I believe if they would get a little bit of what the what the Eagles have in that locker room and get and, and get their motives cleaned up and and catch a little bit of what the Eagles have, they would do it because they, they gave us all hope, and then all of a sudden the whole team just collapses and and uh, you know they had it. They they had it. They had it going, and they just get blown out of the sky and. And 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 total demise. And, well, and wait,
0: so Mac, I, I just want to get this straight because Birds of Prey is a book. It, it's about the religious aspect of a lot of players on the team, right? Exactly. So and I, and- yeah. So I'm just curious. Then, are you saying that the like the Phillies are misguided because they don't have religion as much as the Eagles? Like, I'm, I just don't. I, I I just don't understand your point.
2: Okay. Well, let me explain it. Yeah. Go I,
0: ahead.
1: I'm I'm glad you gave me this opportunity. I'm a bible believing Christian. But also. A retired Navy special operative, and I know you know. you heard know, say there's no atheists in a foxhole? When I was in a spec ops unit, they were all, oh yeah, 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 making fun of it. Until we got into an area where where a training op turned into a real world situation when we were in Tel Aviv, of all places, when Saddam Hussein raided quick. Now everybody went bonkers, and I'm calm and cool as anything. When you take what happened with the Eagles. All those injuries. What six different players? I can't name all that. Uh, that yeah, Hicks strong. and
0: Peters and Sproles yeah, exactly. and yeah,
1: yeah, and then and then three and then what? Three games. Three games left the regular season. They lose their starting quarterback, and then they get and and they and they get all the way and and beat the Patriots by eight points. I mean, you can't rule that out. Now, now what I'm saying is, well, how, what do I know? How, why am I saying this? Why don't <laughs> the Phillies have it? Yeah. there's no talk about it. You don't hear about their beliefs. You don't hear about it. The Eagles, when they won that Super Bowl, that's the thing, Mac. I
0: I don't know. I don't know if you have to talk about your religious beliefs publicly. I don't. I just, you know, Mac. I I appreciate it. Like, thanks, but I I just can't go down that road. I just don't think that's the problem here. The problem it it doesn't have to do with religion. The fact is, one, they just don't have good players right now. They don't have any consistency in the lineup and hitting. And if you want to say leadership, like. I would hear a leadership argument there's no one that was one of the things that you wanted to see this year right that's and that's why I have to ask this question what have they accomplished this year because you wanted veteran leadership at the very least right Jake Arietta you wanted to you paid all this money you, this long waiting game to get Jake Arietta in here because he was a veteran Cy Young caliber pitcher and you figured that that would bring something to the team and when he comes in here One, he's a malcontent at first, and two, he hasn't really been a great pitcher. So, he didn't bring that in in the way that you'd want to see it. Carlos Santana, uh, his defense has not been good, which is what you wanted to see. He did not solidify first base. He made a lot of mistakes, which, with the already bad defense, having a guy that had a good reputation get worse, uh, it hurt. So... They didn't have leadership, sure, and and they need that. But uh, I don't know. Frankly, if you're talking about the team being calm, they've been very calm as they've sunk to the bottom of the sea, I would say. Right? That's Gabe Kapler's message every night. Hey, we're just going to stay calm. We're just going to do our thing. And and that's fine. But uh, now you're 20,000 leagues under. So good luck. Uh, It's done. Uh, What have they accomplished? Have they found leadership this year? Is Reese Hoskins had that big step-up season where you say, oh, man, you know, this is Reese Hoskins' team. No, I wouldn't say so. Who's the face of the franchise? It's Gabe Kapler, which maybe that's the one thing that they've accomplished this year is I have some confidence that with a good team, Gabe Kapler can do the job. He went through a lot of changes this year. The way he manages his personnel, uh, he, he's talked with players and, and adjusted. And I respect that, and I would assume the players respect that as well. It's always good to have the, a boss listen to you. But you need players. You know Who is your everyday shortstop? Who is your everyday second baseman? Who's going to be at first? Who's going to be at third? Who's in right field? Who's in center field? Who's in left field? I don't know the answer to any of those questions. After, after a year of developmental baseball, which is what this was supposed to be, I don't know any of those questions. None. Is Vince Velazquez, is he going to be in the bullpen or is he a starter next year? How many years are we asking this question? Do you have a clear answer after this year? Like, has he been so bad that we can't trot him out there because Eflin's dominant, Pavetta's too dominant? No. Is, is there anybody in the minors that's yelling and screaming to take Vince Velazquez's job? No. So what have they accomplished? I don't know. And, that, and you tell me, have they accomplished anything this year? What have the Phillies done? 888 pound 9494 in your at and Verizon wireless cell phones. Again, I'm Vince Quinn. You can join the show on Twitter as well. At It's Vince Quinn, that's all one word. Now coming up next, the worst Eagles take that has just been dominating the airways. We are going to rip that to shreds. It's coming up next. Young, promising, such a bright future. That's what we said about the Phillies at the beginning of this year. I, I look where they are now. I don't know anything about the future of this team. It's basically like this year never happened. Really. I mean, what, what things have been accomplished by the Phillies? Who's your starting center fielder next year? Do you know? I don't. Do you know who your right fielder is? I don't. Left field? No. Okay, first base. Surely we know that. No. Uh, shortstop? No. Second? No. Third base? No, no, we don't know anything. Uh, Maybe Alfaro starts, maybe not. I don't know. There is nothing that is solid about the Phillies lineup next year. I I just don't see any of it. And so, outside of Aaron Nola establishing himself, which is as individual as it gets, having a shutdown strikeout pitcher like Aaron Nola, he's a one-man show. Outside of that, I don't know what's been done here. This year. You tell me what the Phillies have accomplished. Have they accomplished anything? 888 729 9494. But here's the other thing we got to get to because Jalen Mills has been getting crushed this week. And my question is why the amount of people that are going out there and calling for Jalen Mills' head, making him the scapegoat for everything that ha- happened in Tampa Bay, it's ridiculous. It is completely ludicrous, the like crucifixion of Jalen Mills over this past week. Listen, Jalen Mills was not the problem. Was not. Not even a little bit. And I know what people are thinking. Well, Vince, did you see the game won? Yes, I was there. But everyone's going to point to this one play, and you know what? This play doesn't matter. Yeah, how does Jalen Mills let that happen, right? That's his fault. This is why, Vince, this 75-yard touchdown to the former Eagles receiver, the guy that most of us don't even like, that guy is the reason, that play is the reason why we don't want him starting anymore. Fun fact for you, that play wasn't his fault. Malcolm Jenkins even admitted it after the game. The whole way way that play was supposed to work out is Jalen Mills was playing towards the outside. Malcolm Jenkins was supposed to be the center field deep safety. Malcolm Jenkins bit on a move that didn't even happen. And in making such a miserable play, Mills was nowhere close to where the ball was. But he wasn't supposed to be. The ball was thrown to an area where Malcolm Jenkins was supposed to be. So you can get that play and throw it in the garbage. Now, if you want to find the other touchdown that Jalen Mills was defending, which was like a five-yard slant to one of the best receivers in the game in Mike Evans, if you want to fire this guy, if you want to demote him because he gave up a a slant touchdown to Mike Evans, I mean, we might as well get every cornerback in the league and throw him to the street. Jalen Mills was not the problem. Did he have a good game? No. He admitted it himself. He was not a star against Tampa Bay. But if you want to look at the Eagles' issues, they were far deeper than Jalen Mills, and making him the scapegoat is just absolutely ludicrous. Ludicrous. Jalen Mills is a fine player. And you know what? Last week, let's let's travel back one week in time. How many people were upset with Jalen Mills' play? How necessary was it to get this guy off the field and get Sidney Jones in there? Was it a conversation at all with Anybody, nothing I read, nothing I heard on this station, nothing on social media, no complaints about Jalen Mills. Suddenly they lose one game in an upset because everything was bad. And now it's Jalen Mills' fault? That's the one guy we're going to focus in on? How about Doug Peterson? Didn't he call a couple of bad plays in that game? When you say he was a little bit suspect? Wasn't his clock management pretty bad there at the end of the game too? Uh, I would have some issues with that. How about Nick Foles? Was he sharp? Was he throwing receivers open? No. He had one good pass to Aguilar in the corner, maybe one or two other passes outside of that, and that was it. Otherwise, he was totally pedestrian, and at times, got out of his own pocket. He did not look good in that game. Let's talk about Jordan Hicks, who missed a tackle that led to an O.J. Howard touchdown. Are we killing Jordan Hicks? Are we crucifying him today? No. It's all Jalen Mills. I mean, it's silly. The Eagles had all these different breakdowns, offense, defense. Uh, They had penalties at costly times. Like, everything was bad. Injuries. There were so many things that went into it. It was a horrible game all around. But to just suddenly decide that nobody likes Jalen Mills and we're going to get rid of him and bench him and all this stuff, like, dumb. I'm sorry, it's dumb. Uh, There's no reason to do it. The guy is a fine player. He's a number two corner. And for the job that he does, which is to be physical and, and set a tone, he does that. He's a contributor in the run game. He's he's a sure tackler. Those are good things to have in a cornerback. You know, you have Darby to be the speed guy. He's there for that. You have safeties to help cover Mills when he gets beat by speed guys. That's what they're there for. And on Sunday, they weren't. So all this Jalen Mills stuff, I mean, really, the worst Eagles take of the week. To hear that just so constantly makes my blood boil. It's ridiculous. So I, I, I feel bad for Jalen Mills. Like, he went through so much stuff this week, and uh, we'll get into the fake fans' comment a little bit later. But first, let's go back to the phones, talk to Mike in Westchester. What's up, Mike? Vince, how you been? Oh, man. Uh, I would say good, uh, but it's a lie, Mike. I'm not going to tell you I'm doing good right now. It's not true. You do.
3: You put on a good show, Vince. I Thank enjoy you. It. I, I, I can't agree with you more about uh, the overreaction on Jalen Mills but and, and the Phillies. Crazy. I don't know if they've accomplished much. Because this team was in a position to easily make the playoffs. Win the division, and they just collapsed. I don't know, and I don't think I think it's unfair to pile on Kepler as well. Now, some people have taken that's what happens when they, these things occur. You get fans that want to just make uh, you know rip people, and then you know, in my opinion, ripping the wrong people because the Phillies team showed no sense of urgency. Altair was lazy, and Ricky Botalico said it on a post game show. I don't know if you caught that, Vince, but uh, they were just. I mean, Cesar Hernandez. I'm beyond done with this guy, Vince.
0: It's time. It's time to move on.
3: I mean, I don't know what else to say, and I think you have to consider now bringing Wilson Ramos back. You have to, because there's very, you know, Alfaro's got some talent, but uh, who? I don't know,
0: you know. The, but the what's it worth? Should... And that's and that's the tough thing. Mike is like, yeah, you no. know, the the hitting's bad, and so you want Ramos here because he is such a good hitter, and now really you've, hitter. you you've gotten familiar with him, so if you like him, go for it. But man, I mean, to put him in there and have Ramos for a year what's that worth you know I, I just know. I don't know and, and that's the tough thing because there's the whole team is so uncertain that I I I'm, I'm really I'm at a loss for words it's defensively it's a disaster
3: and and here's the thing if you see it improving much going into next season I don't I don't see this defense getting a hell of a lot better I mean it's a uh, you can say you add Machado, or you know, put it. He's not exactly the best shortstop either. Well, it's no, like,
0: he's a terrible shortstop, and so <laughs> you, gotta and you got to hope that he plays third.
3: And you have got Carlos Santana first, and I'm not ripping Carlos Santana because he's, he's been he's the second, Joe Gillis said as he's the second best hitter on the team. Yeah, you have but Hoskins, you have to play him too. And darn it, if you got to play him in the outfield, you got to play him in the outfield. But I, I don't know what else you can do with, with Santana. I mean, I think you trade him. You're trading a guy who's one of your better hitters. That's stupid. I mean, I don't, that's. Everybody wants to get rid of this guy. And, he and, he's, and yes, he's not had a tremendous year. But he's, had a, but he's still hitting. You know, he's had a pretty good second half, I thought. I mean, don't you think? Uh, yeah, you know, and, that, and that the tough thing
0: something? is that as much as he's frustrated people, like, he's really come on. They even showed it during the broadcast tonight in September. He's been great. I know. And you, the problem is, though, Mike, is that – just as Santana really heats up and gives people the numbers that they want, because everybody that doesn't like Santana, they want to see the batting average go up. Well, now he's giving you the batting <sighs> average, but no one's watching the game. He's not. He look
3: at his career batting average. He's not a. He's not a two seventy five, two eighty hitter. Not what he is. No. He's a thirty. He's a thirty to one hundred home run uh, when he and he gets on base lot, He gets a lot of walks, and he hits about two thirty, two forty. That's his average. That's his act. Yeah. That's, look at. Look at. Look it up. That's. It's unfair. To, put, uh, to blame Santana, I want to get rid of. And like all these fans want to do is get rid of Santana or get rid, get rid of Kapler. move on. These guys—they're not the problems. Maybe Matt Kuntzax, the problem for not getting enough help. I don't know. I, I mean, well, it, or I, for the
0: help that he got, right? Like getting Santana here exactly. in the That's first the other, place was something that you had to ask him. a question about. It was like, okay, well, you're going to bring Santana in here. He's going to play first. I thought Hoskins was playing first, and wow. it turns out that Hoskins. Is god awful in left field. So, like, really sure, Santana's been a good hitter, but man, like, where are they? You know, what is the future? What is the direction of this team? What's the uh, the five year plan? I don't know. They're going
3: to they're gonna finish what, like, five hundred or, or slightly above, I guess. And and that's I don't know. I don't know what. The, and I don't know. Everybody thinks if you get the you may, you have to go out and get another pitcher. Obviously, yeah. Uh, Velasquez, I'm sorry, he's not starting. He's not going to be starting in his rotation next season for me. Well, you I, hope I, you that, know, right? Not, they they better saying, sign someone. Progressed.
0: Huh? Yeah, you hope they sign someone. And and that's the thing. It's just like none of, that was one of the things that you wanted to get a clear answer on and yep. none of those guys at the back of the rotation like I don't want to give up on all of them but no, you I got to all. you I'm got to change. Yeah, no, but you even. got to change something. And well, uh got
3: some talent. I think Eflin is obviously, but you have to add another veteran to be a, a two or three behind Arietta uh from behind Nolan Arietta because that that's that's what this team needs. They need another uh, veteran presence in that in that pitching rotation. I don't know what I, I mean, area is not the reason they're where they're at. It's just that they no. they, did, they didn't hit all year and the pitching was great, but it obviously overachieved. The young pitchers overachieved and that I don't know what's the direction they're going to go next year Vince. So they they've got to change. They're to be a, there's a lot of moves they got to make to get this team make this team a contender. Well,
0: that's it's a good point, Mike, and and let's talk about that for a second, right? What what moves are they going to make in the off season well i I' have no idea I mean because you don't know what any of these guys are you don't know who any of your starters are. Are they going to get some of these players and try to trade them package them for God knows what i don't know like are they just going to decide well, you know Altair came on strong a little bit there let's just try to let's try to flip him and Hernandez and like anybody just clear some names out and get somebody that's a little more reliable on the roster. I don't know. Like, it's so, you don't know anything. We don't know anything. Like, that's, it's driving me insane. The more I think about this, the crazier I'm getting. Because you went into this season all about answering questions about the future of the team. That's what the goal was this year. Playoffs was like something Kapler said that was adorable. But it wasn't an expectation. Hey, if they get, like, 75 wins, you felt great, right? That's, that would have been awesome. It's like, hey, that's awesome. They won 66 last year. Yeah, hell yeah. Give me, like, a 10-win improvement. Give me that while, you know, uh, Crawford and Kingery are your middle infielders. Be great. Are they your middle infielders? And if they are, in what order? I don't know. Like, it's just, it, it's a question. So, it's, it's killing me. It is killing me to think about the Phillies on a night where they just, they just died in the eighth inning in a game that was so incredibly important. It was a playoff game. Everybody knew it. It was a playoff game. They hit for three innings. They got one hit after that, one base runner, period, after the third inning. And they end up just blowing the whole thing up in the eighth inning as Luis Garcia walks in a run. Uh, it just it was awful. Awful, awful game from the Phillies. It was hard to watch. And, and I'm just left with nothing but questions. So as we look at this team, is the season for me, it's it's done. I know they still have games to play and they are against Atlanta. And I've, I've been saying it myself for weeks. Hey, we'll just wait till those series come around. I saw this one game. I know what the situation is now. They're what, six and a half back? It's done. It's done. So with this season being over, you're looking back at the goals on the year. And what have they accomplished? You tell me. Because I don't know. I have no idea. 888-729-9494. So we'll talk about that. And also, obviously, Jordan Matthews comes in here. you got a lot of questions. You're thinking about the wide receivers, right? Uh, Are they better? What's Matthews' role going to be? And what does this mean for the team long term? You're asking yourself that. I've been thinking about it. And I'll tell you what it all means. It's coming up next. We're going to talk pass catchers in a moment. Right here on 94WIP, Vince Quinn with you till 2 in the morning. But we do have to talk a little bit about the Phillies here because you watch them lose to the Braves in what is a must-win game at the end of their season in a division race, and they just flop dead. It's, It's dead. And you're just left with so many questions. So the main thing that I've been asking people tonight is have they accomplished anything? It's been a weird season, right? You had this very tumultuous start, and and the whole fan base splits in two. And then you get to a point where the Phillies are leading the division for a month, and Gabe Kapler's the manager of the year. And then they become just a laughing stock and a a total miserable team. And at this point, I try to think of the future and, and say, hey, well, next year. Think about next year. Like the Sixers, you might be excited for the Sixers coming up. Because why? You can feel pretty good about what's going to happen this year. Regardless of what happens with Fultz, Ben Simmons taking a step forward and B, like it, it's just you feel good. What are you looking forward to with the Phillies? What have they accomplished in this year to make you feel confident in their future? So I've been asking people that and we'll see the response. Let's talk to Franco and Ben Salem. Franco, uh, what, what have the Phillies done this year? What have they accomplished?
4: Um, well, we know who the opening day starter is going to be. I think that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, that that point. is it.
4: And I, I said it a few weeks ago is, you know, this team, you're right. They should know they're starting infield for next year. They should know it's going to be Reese, Kingery, JP, and Mikel Franco. But we don't know that now. You know, Mikel Franco, I know he had a, a good period there, and everybody was uh, modding, You know, maybe Carlos Santana was rubbing off on him, and then he disappeared. and you know, you don't know what they're going to do at first base, but, you know, it doesn't, you know, it seems like Santana's probably going to be back. And Reese Hoskins yeah, be out left field. And it's, you know, Oduble, you know, you start off with the hit streak and, and batting 360, and he was talking about being, a, you know, a, maybe a batting champion and you know, all, everything went backwards. And, you know, you look at the first month that Gabe Kapler had and he had to win people over, and you're right, it, After game one, taking Aaron Nola out, everybody wanted to crucify the guy. And I was like, well, give him some time, give him some time. But then when you're pinch-hitting for a guy in the second inning, a position player, like that, I don't know how anybody, and and you have a lot of new names on the team at that point, and these guys are all looking at him, well, who's managing this team? You know, you, you had questions from the young players in the beginning with Nick Williams yeah. kind of spouting off, and you didn't need that to start happening from these other veterans. You brought in, you know, Boer and Ramos and Guerrera, and, and you had all these new guys, and then they look at it, and they got to look at it and be like, what's this joke going on? You know, like, and yeah. it, I think that's what—that's really when it all started falling apart is Anthony didn't get Machado, you know, I thought at that point, I was like, man, do you know what? I wish Chase Huntley would come back to the team, at least make the playoffs for this year, um, you know, because I, I thought he had a better shot with the Phillies than the Dodgers, and uh, we see how that's going. Yeah. But um, it's it, it just, you're right, there's so many. I mean, yeah, you sign Machado and Harper, and they're going to cover a lot of weaknesses. However, you, you still have, you know, you had a half a, half a year from Eflin and, and eight, Good start from Pavetta, and you know Arietta pitched great for a month and a half. You know Noel is the only sure thing. Dominguez, you know, he went way backwards, you know, towards the, the back end of the season. So you, you really you have no idea. I mean, it, it's it's good the Eagles are back. That's all I got to say. Yeah,
0: it's a great point. That's how I feel too. And thanks for the call. I I just I look at this, and that was one of my first thoughts when the game ended tonight. Was, thank God the Sixers are coming back. Thank God. Like, I'm so ready for the Sixers to be out there and practicing and playing some preseason games. Like, let's go. I think I'm just ready to move on from the Phillies. I I need some time. I really do. But the Eagles, too, right? Like, the Eagles, I think everybody's in now. We've had that conversation for months about, when are people going to get back on and, and obsess about the Eagles? It took one loss. That's all it took. You lose one single game, and suddenly the whole world is on fire. Let's get Jalen Mills and put him in a trash compactor. Like, relax, okay? It's one game. A lot of things went bad. They're a good team, and most of this stuff should be fixed. Um, When it comes to the wide receiving core, something that needs some serious fixing, I think the Eagles did a good thing this week. Jordan Matthews is a good signing. I know some people like, Jordan Matthews, hey, he stinks. No, Jordan Matthews, he has injury problems, and that's why he's been bouncing around a little bit. But as a player, especially at this point in the year, think about it, we're two weeks through the regular season now. Talented guys, starting caliber guys of any degree are not available. Unless you believe in Des Bryant. If you do, oh boy, uh, we totally disagree on that. I want nothing to do with Des Bryant. Jordan Matthews is the best thing you got going because, and that's the other thing too. You lost out on Josh Gordon and seeing these people like, oh, well you can't do Josh Gordon. He's too big of a risk. Who knows if he'll play and and all those things. And then you look at Jordan Matthews and he is a stable guy. He's very well liked in the locker room. He knows the system. The team knows him like, he's an obvious fit to bring in here at this time. And they're like, well, he's not good enough. So what do you want? Like Jordan Matthews was the best option available. That's who they signed. And the Eagles will be okay. Jordan Matthews was the one thing that worked for Carson Wentz in his rookie year. So you're going to have him out there. He's going to be a complimentary receiver. Aguilar is going to play some on the outside. Uh, Alshon's going to be coming back soon. I don't worry about the wide receiving court. If you're worried about it, just just follow my lead here, all right? Yeah, just in through the nose, in through the nose. All right, you ready? And out through the mouth. Ah, yeah. Deep breath. Everything's fine. The Eagles will be okay. Because one of the worries that we have about all these pass catchers is that they're not getting the production. Like, let's say Mike Wallace was healthy, and he, and he was an IR after that game. What's he doing? How come he's not playing well? Well, part of it is Nick Foles. He's a limited quarterback. And Carson Wentz is immediately, just by stepping on the field, even though, you know, he's coming off the injury, he's going to make that receiving court better immediately, whether Jordan Matthews was here or not. And now you're getting Matthews into the fold, and everything is going to be fine. You have a couple of tight ends that can catch the ball. Hopefully we see more of Dallas Goddard this week. Um... Again, is going to be fine. Sproles will be back soon. Clement can catch passes. It's not just wide receivers that catch the ball anymore. That's one of the things, too, that you have to adjust your frame. And, and I have to do this, too. There's a lot of times where you think about the game, and, and we have all these things that are, are, are true for so long. But football's always changing, either because the rules are changing or because you know revolutions happen the run-pass option, or Chip Kelly and all those prepackaged plays that he used to do. Like, the league changes, and so the importance of different positions is going to change too. Uh, wide receiver is is a certain t- kind of player, and sure, you want wide receivers, but tight ends work just like wide receivers now. Running backs work just like wide receivers now, and, and wide receivers work like running backs. How many times have we seen Nelson Aguilar in the backfield, right? So, Sure, we get we get so caught up in this idea of wide receiver depth, and we need wide receivers. And and sure, it would be nice, you know. It was it was a nice thing to add Jordan Matthews to the team, but there are a lot of guys that can catch the ball. And so, Matthews or not, you got Wentz back. He's going to make things better. And the Eagles' offense, their passing game is going to be just fine. So so breathe easy, it's cool. Now I will say this: whether you like Jordan Matthews or not you had to be entertained by him when he came back because they asked him, he was in Buffalo last year, right? They traded him to get Ronald Darby and they asked him about Buffalo. And here's what Jordan Matthews had to say. So with Jordan Matthews comments on Buffalo, I've, I've done some research, you know, I've, I've talked to people in Buffalo, travel agencies and message boards and all those different things. And so With all of this information on the city of Buffalo and what people do there, I present to you tonight's top list, the top things to do in Buffalo. Number one, get the hell out of there. What is wrong with you? You're in Buffalo. Go somewhere else. Turn around. Number two, Netflix and chill, which in Buffalo is when you watch Netflix and literally freeze to death. Number three, you can build a snowman. Number four, you can sleep with that snowman. And number five, you can laugh at the Buffalo Bills. And that's it. That's all you can do in Buffalo. That, that's all they got. We tried. It, it, not a lot going on there. But So that is tonight's top list. Let's go talk to Brian and Broomall. Brian, you're on WIP.
5: Yo, Vince. What's up, bro?
0: Man, I <laughs> my energy's through the roof, dude. I'm stressing like crazy. Dude,
5: I'm gonna I'm mean, gonna give you the time. I'm going to make you feel better. Let's
0: okay, yeah, out. go go ahead, soothe me.
5: This is, this is where I'm at. The feelings I've checked out on, not because I don't like them, but I had enough. And most importantly, the Eagles are back. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I agree with a lot of what you said. There's a many questions. There's too many questions. Let's not stress ourselves out about it. I know it's part of your job. It is what it is. It's a full gaze. Forget about it. <laughs> okay.
6: you know I mean?
5: So we're going to the Eagles game. Everybody should be so pumped up, and I, and I understand we lost. right? We took a beating. So everyone's kind of like, oh, my God. And they're scared because we're, you know, we're the defending champs. You know, no one's going to touch us. No one can beat us, right? So we lose a bad game, and the state with the Jalen Mills don't even get me started because I've had about eight arguments already about how they just want to rule him out. Sidney Jones should be starving, that's why they're dropping him.
0: Relax. Yeah, it's it's that's such right. a bad idea because it's not even just the idea that, one, Mills is good and deserves to be out there anyway, but you're yeah. getting Jones and putting him into a new job, and then, okay, let's put Sidney Jones on the outside where he hasn't been working. Uh, are we moving Jalen Mills to the slot? Are we putting Avante Maddox in the slot? Like, it's just the the whole thing's a mistake.
5: Right. I think it's an overreaction. I think we're in a great position, the best position probably since Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown were here when it comes to our secondary. Mm-hmm. This is the strongest it's ever been, and we've been praying we couldn't even get a safety right. I think people need to chill. We've got plenty of young depth. I think Sammy Jones is going to get better, eventually will move to the outside. I don't know when, but um, for this week's game, can you tell me the last time that the Eagles lost a meaningful home game?
0: Lost to Indy for a home game? Uh, Tell me the last time the Eagles lost a meaningful home. game? Oh, a meaningful home game, uh, man. Chip Kelly, I guess was it? Was that Washington game in Philly? I mean, yeah, it's been a little it was while.
5: Washington, you're right, but it was it was Carson Wentz's rookie year. It was the last time the Eagles lost at home? So if you add the playoffs, you add Week One, the Eagles are 16 and three at home, and one of them was that Dallas game that didn't count because we rested our starters. So technically, they only lost two games. At home, if you spice it up and look at it with the proper lenses, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they've, they've been great at home since Doug got here.
5: So, we're playing at home, and number 11 is finally coming back. I mean, this guy is that good, people forget how good he is. He makes everyone better, he even makes the defense better. He and does. And I and, and I totally agree with um, a lot of what you say, and that's why I like calling in when you're on because you're you know you see it you see and trust what your eye shows you and, and what I see and what you see is a player who is probably not going to be the best quarterback and God willing he stays healthy which we're all obviously going to be a little nervous about yeah but the guy is very special and the way the players talk about him they're like revered by the guy and he's only like 25 26. And Jordan Matthews, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict right now on the record, a touchdown pass. They're gonna do the tie handshake, which they did in Carson's rookie year. I think Corey Clement should be given the opportunity because he does shine every time. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry this year on 11 carries. What's going on with
4: that? Well, yeah, Why,
0: that, that's good. In them all? That's a good point, Brian. That was one of the things that really stuck out to me about that Tampa game is the running game was working early, and it, it yeah. worked late too, but they got away from it like second, third quarter for whatever yeah. reason. Sure, they were down – I guess they were down 14 nothing in the second quarter, but you know it's it, it didn't matter. It was so early in the game, and that was working well for you to get away from that, especially when you have falls at quarterback. It was just silly. I, I don't get it.
5: It wasn't Doug's best called game because he no. didn't allow – his running backs to get into a nice rhythm. Eh? And once you get into that rhythm, you rip a couple, three, four uh, carries, and you're getting five, and you're getting eight, and you are busting one for ten, and Ajayi comes in, and he rips another one. He's the kind of guy that you got to keep feeding, and he gets better and better the more carries he gets. And Clement is kind of like that, too, because they're that physical type of runner where they bang at you, and they're always fighting back and forth with the defense, and they want to hurt the defense just as bad as the defense normally wants to hurt the offense. And, and Doug kind of didn't let them get in that groove. I mean, obviously Ajayi got banged up, but all Clement does is shine when his number is called. He had five touches for 55 yards in the same game. Like, why aren't you giving him four touches? He's a three-down back, in my
7: opinion.
0: Especially when you were hurting at the wide receiver spot, and you got your, yeah. you your third-string yeah. tight end out there catching passes. And, and hey, mm-hmm. Perkins had a decent game, all things considered, but uh, your running backs are where your money is for that game. And so they, they should have wrote him a little bit more. Yeah, it was, and that's the, that, that, like, it all goes back him. to the Jalen Mills stuff, right? And, and mm-hmm. Brian, I appreciate it, man. Like, you go back to Jalen Mills, and everyone's a crucified Jalen Mills. Doug did not have a good game. He just didn't. He, he had bad play calling, bad clock management, not a good game from him. Nick Foles was totally acceptable, but he didn't throw a lot of guys open. You know, he had the one pass to Aguilar that was amazing, and then outside of that, he was totally pedestrian, and uh, he didn't make anybody better. You look at Malcolm Jenkins blowing that first play of the game, which is why people want Jalen Mills' head. You had the missed tackle by uh, by Jordan Hicks that leads to the O.J. Howard touchdown. Ronald Darby missed a tackle on that play as well. That's two guys that made another 75-yard touchdown. That's not Jalen Mills. It's a lot of people. There were a lot of people. And, and on the few moments where Doug was trying to call plays that would really break things open, it didn't work. The, the play where they tried to throw that screen pass to Corey Clement, uh, or at least they tried to make it look that way, but it was really a screen to Ertz that was clogged up and it really shouldn't have been thrown. Like, that was supposed to be a you're like, shot-in-the-arm play. It, it just didn't happen. So it was a tough game. They played poorly. They had flags. The uh, clock management, like, it, nothing worked. And, and it was frustrating. But Wentz is back this week. You're playing at home. They're a better team than the Colts. And you got to feel like they're going to rebound from this one. This is the game. You know, if they're the team that we think they are, they're going to come back this week and they're going to win. So I'm trying to relax a little bit. It, more of my anxiety, like, and really when it comes to the Eagles, I am relaxed. I'm just, so, I'm just so amped up and frustrated about the Phillies that it's been carrying over. I can't drop the weight. Uh, it's, it's killing me. But we'll continue to talk about it, right? we got a lot of Phillies. Talk. There's so many things going on. My God. Um, the off season heartbreak from the Sixers, uh, some of the stuff that we were dealing with in the past couple of months, believe it or not, given the way things have gone, could be a sign of future success. And I'll tell you why that's coming up next. Yeah. So let's travel back in the, uh, not too distant past. Do you remember June 21st of this year? <laughs> oh man what a wild night that was people lost it you kidding me i mean the mom let me see if i can find it let's get the mom uh, i need the mom talking about oh yeah here we go here's the mom (laughs) yeah they drafted that kid with his mom working in the building she knew brett brown personally they're friends And he drafted her son and she made national interviews and they traded him that night with her in the building. Are you like to Phoenix, the other side of the country? Like, are you kidding me? The balls that Brett Brown had to execute that move at the NBA draft were, I mean, I'm sorry, Doug Peterson. That was amazing. That was the most emotionally heartless thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> it was devastating. And I, like, everybody was upset. I was here for the draft show that night. Uh, Andrew Porter was here, I think Bodner and Jillio. And, and it was just like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> like, it was a morgue. And you know what? Uh, because of that night and how catastrophic it was. That is why I feel like this can work with Elton Brand in the front office as the general manager for the Seventy Sixers. How crazy is that, right? Like all of this, uh, I, and again, I don't think this is going to work. Like, if you had to ask me if you did, like, if I'm placing a bet in Vegas because I have no choice, uh, I, I don't know what kind of gunman would force me to place a bet in Vegas. But anyway, if we got to that scenario, uh, if I had to pick, I would pick that it's not going to work with Elton Brand, but. I'm not here to just try to drive this thing into the ground and make everybody hate Alton Brand. It's a questionable decision for sure. Um, But how can it work? Right. I want to try to find the positive here. So I like the Sixers. I want to see them win. I want to see them be successful. Everybody does. So how is this thing going to work? Well, part of it is going back to trading Mikhail Bridges. That's not a coach move. That was Brett Brown general manager. And he had to go out there, and he gave you that star hunting comment. He talked about, hey, we need you know, star hunting in his own way. Like we, That's why we got that pick in 2021, that unprotected Miami Heat pick. That's why. Because we want a superstar. And either it's a pick at the top of the draft, or ideally we use it to get a guy like Kawhi Leonard. And for a coach... To be in the GM role temporarily, which was supposed to be... The, I mean, it was a little more extended than we thought. But to be in a temporary GM gig and be willing to make such a non-coach-centric move. Not get the fit-for-right-now, help-us-get-past-Boston guy, and go with the project player in Zaire Smith, and oh, what do you know, he's out for the year. But, uh, But to go and make that move... That makes me feel good about this. That's one of the things that I can hang my hat on here. And for Brett Brown, as much as, I mean, sure, Elton Brand talked a mean game about being the final decision maker, and Josh Harris was supporting that. What are you going to believe? Brett Brown helped make the decision to hire Elton Brand. He was talking with ownership. Like, they don't pick Elton Brand if Brett Brown doesn't want him to be the general manager of the team. It's that simple. And so, how does it work? Well, at the very least, if Brown's going to have a major say in the decision-making, which it seems like he is, he's going to be willing to make general manager moves, trading Mikhail Bridges as ugly and horrible and breathtakingly bad as that was. I mean, looking at the papers and everything, it was just... It was so bad uh, to see that. It does make me feel like this can work. That's you got to find something, right? Like uh, that's one of those things that I'm hanging my hat on. As much as I'm skeptical, the whole hiring process and Brand's credentials and all that different stuff, I look at that and I feel a little bit better about the GM situation. And, and we're talking a lot about future tonight. It's not just the Sixers' future, which they are in a pivotal time. We're talking about the Phillies as well. What if they accomplish this year? That's what I had to ask myself tonight is they just got destroyed by the Braves in the eighth inning. As as their season burned to the ground in typical fashion in the eighth inning, I was thinking, oh, well, what about next year? And as much as I feel good about the Sixers' future, you know, brand or not, you you have Embiid, you have Simmons, you have Covington. Like, you got things there. Dario, it's fine. I'm looking at the Phillies, I don't know what anything is. Outside of Aaron Nola, I know nothing. I don't know who their first baseman is next year. I don't know who their shortstop is. I don't know their second baseman. I don't know their third baseman. I don't know their left fielder. I don't know their right fielder. I don't know their center fielder. None of them, with any certainty, can I tell you what they will be. So what have they accomplished? When this was the first year of, you know, going from the teardown part of a rebuild, the tanking if you will, of a rebuild, to that building up, that growth of a young core, what have we learned? What have they accomplished? I can't find much. I really can't. And and uh, you know what? Let's ask Maureen. Maureen, what have the Phillies accomplished this year?
6: I don't think they've accomplished hardly anything. I agree with you. Yeah, and why because, is it? Well, because there were only three players that Kepler let come to the ballpark every day, know they were playing and knowing where they were batting. And I was Hopkins, Hoskins, Santana, and Hernandez. They were the only three. Mm. Everybody else didn't know whether they were in the lineup, where they were batting. They just didn't know. And then once we got these older players, um, some of the younger ones just disappeared from sight. And... um, like even Vitalico and some of them were saying, that as far as Kingery goes, pulling him in the second inning for a pitch hitter. (laughs) I watch baseball, I don't know how many years, I've seen very few players pulled in the second inning for a pitch hitter, and he's done that several times. I mean, how much confidence can that player have in himself when he can't even stay in for one at-bat?
0: Yeah, it talks a lot about the confidence in Kingery. It talks about the state of the team as a whole, that you need to make moves that are that desperate. And and, and Kepler likes doing that. He likes going all in on moments where he thinks he can score a run. And to a degree, I respect that. But, uh, yeah, at times, it's it's hard to watch. And you feel like with Kingery going into this year, you thought, well, this kid's going to grow. He's going to be your second baseman of the future. And uh hopefully you's, you see his bat get better, but it's it just it it's been a hard year for that kid. And looking at next year, it, it, it's funny because you thought he'd be the second baseman. Now he's the shortstop, and it, its it just goes to the whole point. You don't know where anybody's going to be, what you thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. They're not. Uh, it, it's just nothing but question after question after question, Maureen. It's hard. I know.
6: It's very hard. Some of the players disappear for weeks at a time. You don't know know what's happening to them, like Nick Williams, McHale, um, uh, Franco. um, But uh, even Vitalik, said, how can some of these players develop? He said, why doesn't he just take Kingery and stick and let the kid not leave the season with a sour taste? Let him play second base, his best position, and uh, for over six weeks, Hernandez batted under 200 but he still was put out there every single day and um well, you know he did and
0: um well yeah and well part of the part of the problem is injuries too and, and Maureen, I appreciate it like that that's part of the frustration here is JP Crawford uh, was hurt for a long stretch he, like the one time that JP Crawford started to figure out with his bat he got hit in the hand and that was it he was gone he was he was a ghost and so you know, you had to play Hernandez every day. What are you going to do? Like, uh, as Drupal Cabrera, you know, he was getting a lot of time at short because Kingery was struggling. And and that's what's so frustrating, too, is it got to this point where I was like, oh, okay, well, these young guys were able to do enough where they've been good. And, and Jorge Alfaro, thanks for playing most of the day, but uh, most of the season. But now we're going to get Wilson Ramos in here. So one of those young things that was kind of working, kind of, well, that took a back seat, and so this development was stunted in trying to make the playoffs. And now that you haven't made the playoffs, and you haven't made it in very dramatic fashion. Uh, you got to wonder about things now, and and also to be fair, we did talk a little bit about Kappler pulling Kingery, and it, it like it it seemed incredibly silly. It did work. That's that's one of the few things you can take away from this year: the Capler the things that are hairbrained. On the surface, sometimes they work, like bases were loaded that inning, they scored two runs uh it was a good job you know it that 's why he does this stuff, but uh it's not easy it 's not easy to watch because when it doesn 't work, and when you feel like the future of this team is not solidified there's frustration i 'm frustrated. I know a lot of Phillies fans are frustrated they're a fan like tonight was the night it died for me, uh, even if you ask me like. 10 hours ago, how I felt about the future of this team, I would have been like, you know, it's been a hard year, but uh, as hard as it is, you know, things will be fine. (laughs) Things will be fine. They've got young players. They hit a wall and whatever. But after tonight, I just started thinking back on everything and, and what the point was this season. And now that it's over, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what they accomplished. It was fun for a while. Uh, it was exciting to have a team that was 15 games over and good for them. It's been so long since they've been at that point, been relevant. And to even be at the – close to the finish line and have a chance at the playoffs, I mean, it's it's impressive. In a way, it's impressive. How they got there is not great for the past month and a half, but it's impressive If you if you told me in April – that they were going to be at least somewhat in the conversation in September. It's a huge win. But how did they get there? And, and what is their future? I, I just don't know. <laughs> Figuring out the future of this team is hard. Uh, let's go to Rich in North Philly. What's up, Rich?
7: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I was just getting ready to station, But I called to talk about, the, um, about Eldon Brand. Yeah. But earlier, never Doug Peterson should get bashed. Never. I he, mean He never. should never get bashed? He should never get bashed. Why? He if he makes bad moves, you bash out. him. Hear me out real quick. Okay. 'Cause I'm a, a long time listener all the time and I win tickets all the time. Rich from North and he called and I called and from since the eight and the nineties. But Bill Peterson then son Andy Reid, and um um, Kyle, um what's his name? Andy Reid, and um um the Grain Green head. Head Coach Buddy Ryan never did. And the other ones, Coach Tyson never did, is win that Vincent Lombardi trophy. Okay. So Doug Peterson did something in the city that brought joy, had me crying in February, and brought joy to the city of Philadelphia that no team, no um, sports coach ever did. So Mills had a bad game. He was the one that had the bad game that really hurt the Eagles defense. Well,
0: he always got beat. I mean, how how bad was his game, though, Rich?
7: When, when Wentz come back, we're going to be fine. When wins come back,
0: I well, mean, no, but Rich, no, games. Rich, hold on. You'd say Mills had a bad game, and also here's the other thing. Uh, to be fair, if you're saying you can't criticize Doug Peterson because he did what no coach did, well, Jalen Mills did what no cornerbacks done. He won a Super Bowl. He started.
7: He never played. I didn't. I, I don't want you to come here real fast. But Mills her he never played the receivers up. Uh, always he got burned for the last year but they don't want him to the play Cup games because he always get burned he's not a good corner he was a six-round pick he's not a great corner he should be like the fourth or fifth corner on the team but right Who's now the, the corners are young so you got to deal with him because you got douglas and jones so he was a six-round pick i met so he's not a great corner he never was a good corner
0: so this is what I'm saying to you. No, nah, well I, I disagree though. It, Mills is a totally fine number two corner. He he's not elite he's speed. Kind of he doesn't five, have to be. He's a he's a solid coverage guy. He's had some big plays like Julio Jones in the playoffs last year. Who's right on him? Jalen Mills is there. Uh right, he's he's been opportunistic, he can tackle, like he's a fine player. He had one bad game, and but even Mills, then it wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. No,
7: no, Mills is not a good corner. But real fast. Okay. Real fast. Elden Brand, yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna be a success. He's definitely he's gonna be success if he makes the big trade. He gotta make the trade. He gotta get rid of Robert Cummington. I don't want Robert Cummington on Philadelphia seventy six. He's like a Mills. He's a he's a weakest link up to the Sixers, and Mills is the weakest link to the Eagles defense. If you get rid of Mills and you get rid of Robert Cummington, the Sixers is gonna be better off, and the Eagles is gonna be better off. But the Sixers, Eagles will be better when wins come back anyway, so it don't matter because the Eagles is going to beat the um, Indianapolis Colts like they stole something, so they're going to beat them <laughs> like forty something to fourteen. Oh, but that's a watch, pick. Okay, best they're going to beat them forty something to fourteen like they stole something at the end. But the Indian with real quick, but the Eagles, but the Sixers, Eldenbrand Brand got to get rid of um Robert Cummington. I want him to get Butler or Wiggins. That would be a great fit for a small forward. Got to get Butler on Wiggins. Please, other Brand, get rid of Robert Cummington and Bellis. Okay, Get rid well, of Robert Cummington. Okay, that's that's, that's Rich thing. checking in. And,
0: Rich, I, I appreciate it. But, man, I don't want Jimmy Butler. Uh, when you're looking at the Sixers and trying to figure out what their future is, uh, I look at Jimmy Butler, and I think it's a big mistake. I'm not doing it. And, you know what? I'll tell you why it's coming up next. So don't go anywhere. Oh, yeah, baby. Vince Quinn with you. This is the last segment, and I've been trying to find the answer to the question tonight as I watch the Phillies crumble and die in Atlanta. It's just, my God, uh, it's so impressive the way they've done this consistently since August. And I, I'm just been trying to find out what have they accomplished? What have the Phillies accomplished? Who's their first baseman next year? Who's their second baseman? Who's their shortstop? Who's their third baseman? I don't know any of those things. In the outfield, who won the job, right? Week one of the season, we're talking about like, oh, it's Altair versus Nick Williams. Well, who won the job? I don't know. We're still in the same spot. Who's our center fielder? It was Oduble Herrera. Now maybe it's Roman Quinn. I don't know. Who's in left field? Is Hoskins in left field? Is he going to first? I don't know. Who's our third base? Because if Hoskins may be at first, then Santana's probably a third, right? So what happens to Michael Franco? I don't know. I don't know anything. What have the Phillies accomplished this year? It's been a very hard question uh, because I wanted to believe, and, and I've told myself, and through August, I, I guess it was true up until August that a lot of young guys were playing, and they were winning games, and as ugly as it was at times, it was going somewhere. Now – I have no idea. None. And as far as all the calls I've gotten tonight, they seem to have no idea either. So that's fun. Um, Anyway, we're looking at the Sixers now, looking forward a little bit. And Jimmy Butler's out there, and it's an attractive name. And I get it. Hey, Jimmy Butler is maybe a top 10 NBA player. He is spectacular. Uh, He can fit what the Sixers want. He's a three-point shooter. He he will play defense. He is highly competitive. And everybody likes that stuff. He would be very well-liked here for about a year. And then, as the history has been with Tom Thibodeau guys, Tom Thibodeau was Butler's coach in Chicago and Minnesota, so basically his entire career, he grinds guys to dust. That's just what he does. He, He plays these guys so hard and for so many minutes, and he just doesn't care. And so, Joachim Noah, who was a really good player, uh, what is he now? He's on a big contract, and he is dead weight. Luol Deng was a big contract and dead weight. Jimmy Butler will inevitably be a big contract and dead weight. When you've got two young guys in their prime and Ben Simmons, uh, not even in their prime, they're approaching their prime. In Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, do you want to anchor them down with a third star that is, like the Phillies in the eighth inning, going to crumble and die? No. No, it doesn't make sense, especially if you're trading Robert Covington. <laughs> it's crazy how intent we are on trading guy who's an all defensive player in the NBA. Like he was he was in the first team all NBA or first team all defense this year and we want to trade him. I I don't get it. Sure he was bad in the Boston series. So was Ben Simmons. Are we trading Ben Simmons no, because Ben Simmons is good. Robert Covington is good. I'm not trading him. It's just, it's silly. Um, Anyway, as much as guys that are getting a lot of hate, Robert Covington is one, and Jalen Mills is the other, right? And you know what? Jalen Mills said something the other day that it really upset people, and I knew it from the second he said it that it would because what happened is Jalen Mills, attacked the fans and whenever you do that whenever you say anything about the fans people get upset and and just to hear exactly what he said here's Jalen Mills in his own words yeah fake fans and you might be saying to yourself and what you might be saying what people have said all week you can't criticize the fans that's not right the fans are you know uh, the, the comments I've seen on social media like I've been a season ticket holder for 35 years And let me tell you, I can criticize Jalen Mills. Yeah, you can. Here's the thing. Jalen Mills isn't talking about you. If you're a season ticket holder and you're just criticizing his play, like, hey, Jalen Mills, you had a bad game, you stink, or Jalen Mills, you should be benched as as much as I think you're wrong, uh, it's a totally fair criticism. But Jalen Mills isn't talking about you. When Jalen Mills is talking about a fake fan, he's talking about other people, a small, just totally repulsive group of miserable trash. That's who he's talking to. He's talking to people on social media. And if you go through his mentions, if you find his Twitter account and look at things that people have sent directly to Jalen Mills, like they they basically dropped a letter in his mailbox that says things like, Hey Jalen Mills, go kill yourself. Those are the people he's talking about. I mean, think about it. If you're an Eagles fan Do you support that? Do you want, as an Eagles fan, if you're a real Eagles fan, you're not a fake fan, and you get bent out of shape by the the notion that you could even be perceived as a fake fan. Do you want other real fans telling players to go kill themselves because they had a bad game? I don't think so. Do you want them swearing at this guy, all sorts of things that I can't say on the radio because he had one bad game and and an overstatedly bad game? It really wasn't that bad? Of a bad game, no, no. So there are fake fans out there, and they're total trash. I'm sorry, like some Eagles fans are trash. They're total garbage, and and that's not to say that it's exclusively to Eagles fans. That's every team in the city. That's every city in the country. Every professional sports team is going to have just totally garbage people that are fans. That's the nature when you have millions of people that are fans. You get a million people in a room, some of them are going to suck. How many people in your high school class did you like? All of them? No, probably not. Some people suck. So that's just how it is. Jalen Mills got killed for saying that people are fake fans, and he's right. He's totally right. Some people are fake fans. When you're going out of your way to tell a player all all these crazy obscenities and they need to put a gun in their mouth and pull the trigger, you're a, a fake fan. You're a fake fan. It's, it's that simple. When it goes to a personal thing because of what happens in a game, you are out of your mind. And as an Eagles fan, it offends me. And it should offend you too. I mean, I totally respect Jalen Mills for going out there and saying something. It's completely out of line. And again, even for the people that are criticizing his game, it wasn't all that bad. And uh, you know what? Mike in Alaska. Mike, how bad was Jalen Mills' game? Should we be, Should we be cutting him? Should we be demoting him? How do you feel?
2: Absolutely not. I think he didn't have a great game, but there's not many people on that defense that can claim they did. So I don't know why they're everyone suddenly hating on Jalen Mills. Like that, the the main play that everyone's harping on is the Deshaun Jackson touchdown, and it wasn't his fault. It's <laughs> crazy, he, and I don't know why people don't understand that he can't run with Deshaun Jackson, and everyone knows that a lot of corners can't. That's not his fault. The fault is the safety Malcolm Jenkins, who bit on something he shouldn't have bit on and wasn't there to provide the coverage behind Jalen Mills to stop Deshaun Jackson from getting that 75-yard touchdown. And that's, like, people aren't attacking Malcolm Jenkins and saying that he should be cut and jump off a bridge.
0: Yeah. It, um, they're not. It's so it, it's all it, Mills. It doesn't make
2: sense. It's all somehow Mills' fault. When everyone knows, like, Malcolm Jenkins knows, that Mills isn't fast enough to run down the field with Deshaun Jackson. Like, it's as simple as that. It was a mistake. The other thing that people don't talk about is Ronald Darby was blitzing on that play, and it was a pathetic attempt at a blitz, and he didn't come close to providing any pressure on the quarterback to stop that throw. And later, the 75-yard touchdown from O.J. Howard, that was a pathetic attempt at an arm tackle from Ronald Darby, and no one's telling him he needs to be cut.
0: Bad tackle by him. Jordan Hicks missed a tackle. He was right there. He was the guy that was covering O.J. Howard. The second he caught the ball, he went for a tackle and he missed it. And that happens. But uh, when we're only criticizing Jalen Mills for this thing, when, again, it wasn't his fault on that one big play, like, yeah, you got to look at all these other guys making mistakes and and be realistic about it. It was a bad performance all around. Offense, defense, coaching. Like, it just, it was all bad.
2: Yep. And now, looking to the future, this upcoming game for the Colts, a lot of people, the last caller saying it's going to be 40-some to 14. Or <laughs> yeah, 17. he was a little optimistic
0: like, for my liking.
2: Do you not, like Wentz is coming back, but who's he throwing the ball to? We have maybe We have one wide receiver that should be starting on this team. The other guys are being signed and thrown out there that would probably be on a practice squad somewhere if we were actually healthy. So, yes, we have Wentz back, but he can only do so much. We're, we're kind of we're one of the weakest teams right now when it comes to wide receivers. And, I mean, mm-hmm. Goddard is barely participating so far, which is a big disappointment that, in that's my a opinion. red. That's
0: a red flag, too. Yeah, That's a massive red flag going to me. On either. He's not putting in the work in practice or
2: he's just not performing, whatever it is, that's a problem. He should be way more utilized than he is.
0: Yeah, when your third-string um, tight end that nobody knows is getting reps over your second-round pick tight end that was the big star yeah. of the off-season, like, what are we doing?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things to be concerned about, and they're not suddenly solved because Wentz came back. So I, I, I think they're going to win the game against the Colts. Um, I think the defense is going to play a lot better because they have generally played much better at home. Um, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game, and I don't think it's an automatic win just because suddenly we have Wentz again.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, Mike, and I appreciate it. The the other thing is, too, that Andrew Luck is back, and I don't just mean that he's back on the field. Like, I've watched his last couple of games. Andrew Luck looks good. He's got all the poise in the pocket that he used to. He's not scared. He's taking hits. The the same things that we want to see from Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck is showing those things. He's, He's completing a ton of passes. Last I checked, if I read the numbers correctly, he was like seventy percent completion percentage, and that's not all just dink and dunk. I'm Sam Bradford. Look at me throw three yards down the field. Which I mean, he, Bradford can't even do that anymore. But Luck is hitting passes fifty-five yards down the field on a dime. I mean, he looks good. So it's the Colts. Like they're a fine team. I think the Eagles are better, but it's not at, like forty-five to seven or something like that. Is crazy talk.
8: Hello, I'm Big Daddy Graham. I, Whoa, I, I like that expression. From? I'm not sure what it means. On a dime. Yeah. What? What? It, what exactly does that mean? Well, think about how tiny a dime is. So you're able to.
0: He's able to hit something that, like, it's, yeah, it's you a, it's only a got precision. a dime's
8: worth of space. Yes. Like that throw from Foles to Aguilar. Yeah. Which w- that was. That's uh, on the dime. Yeah. That was a really impressive throw. Yeah. That was a a, a great great throw. I I completely agree with you. With the Phils, how do you, how do you have a young team, right? I think they were the yeah. youngest team in baseball, if not the second. Yeah, to start. Uh, how do you have a young team play an entire year, and not seem to have any questions answered about that young team? None. I, I, I it's very, very strange. Nola's been answered. Can Nola be a number one in this league? Done. That's answered. Okay, but he wasn't supposed to be. That wasn't a question going into the year. Ariana was supposed to be your number one, not Nola.
0: Yeah, Arietta so, started the season. Never mind, he did the home opener, right?
8: So, so that question got answered by, I don't want to say by accident, because they're smart enough to have Nola on the team, but it wasn't an overriding question. I know it wasn't an overriding question going into the season that people were calling us here at the station going, well, the big thing is, is Nola going to be able to be a number one? That wasn't a question coming into the season. He is. Yeah. But, again, it wasn't a, a, a question. You're right. You got Franco at third. You you, you, you got Crawford at short. Maybe. Uh, no, I'm just going yeah. over I'll the name. Yeah. Kingery barely played second. Right? And yeah. I, I, he didn't answer anything at the plate. In fact, he might have. Now we got to pay attention. What are you? Well, we were going to pay attention anyway, but now you really got to pay attention to him at the plate come next year because, you know, you get in mid June and he's the same 220 two twenty hitting you know, whatever guy, then you're going to be going, well, then we were off about Kingry. He's not going to be this, this hitting second baseman. First base is a mess because Hoskins was supposed to be there. this that Angelina asked me a great question. Uh, uh, oh geez, an hour ago. Uh, I've been down here so long. About um, since when the Phils fans really care that much about great fielding left fielders? <laughs> since we don't really have a history of great fielding. Oh, Pat Burrell was spectacular
0: out there, and oh, I,
8: Glove. And I was there when Zinski dropped the ball, against, you know, with Jerry Martin that famous Black Friday game against LA. Uh, you do want to have a good, you want to have a good fielder at every position. But again, what got answered in left, nothing got answered. No. Really, is Nick Williams the guy? Is, uh, may, I'll tell you what did get answered in a negative way. and Because I was really tooting the horn of Altair. I, I, when Altair originally came up, I, I swear to God, I thought this guy had greatness written all over him. And it was obvious he didn't after a while. But I, this year, really put the kibosh on him, uh, he's not an everyday player. And most people listening, the overwhelming amount of people listening right now already knew that. I didn't. I, I was still holding out hopes uh, that he might be something worthwhile, and he's he's a great fielder. He's terrific at Yeah, He'd be a great defensive, you know, late-inning replacement, but he's not an everyday Baseball. Yeah, play. he's got flashes. Like he
0: had a two-home run game the other day, and, and whatever. But that's but that's a tough thing. Is like a, as much as we're talking about having these things answered, and obviously you want to have them answered in a positive way. There's really not many guys that you've said, well, he's been so bad over the course of this year that we know it's li- like you're saying with Altair. You can't say that like that's official now. He's uh, it,
8: yeah. It probably, already was in everybody else's mind except mine. Yeah, it should <laughs> be. It
0: should be Nick Williams' job next year, but. I don't know. I mean,
8: I can't say for 100% certainty. Well, because what is next year completely about now? Completely. It's completely about Harper and Machado. Yeah. If they don't bring in one of those guys, you're talking about a town that already had no interest in them when they were 15 over and in first. Okay. And now, you know, it kind of, well, it did collapse. Oh, totally. It totally collapsed. And now nobody's really got, you know, to listen to your show. And I agree with you. Nothing really to look forward to all that much next year. So they have to land one of those guys. If you're Middleton and you're looking at 25,000 empty seats when you're in first place. Yeah. Okay. And schools out, which it was school was out there in first place. There, there's 25,000 empty seats. Hey, he's going to be going, well, God, what's it going to be like next year then? So he has to get Harper or Machado or both, as some people are reporting. But <laughs> yeah, those troopers he, are great. He, he, he absolutely has to land one of them. He does. He he does. He he really does. Or uh, it, it, That's if we care about Middleton losing any money since he's worth billions or whatever. But uh, I do, you know what? As a Philadelphian, I care deeply about, you know, seeing televisions on with the fills on them down the shore and 25,000 empty seats, 20,000 empty seats. Uh, I do care about that. You know, my regular listeners are tired of hearing me say this, but, you know, I want everybody to do good business. You you want, if, if a new dry cleaner opens up in your neighborhood, you don't want it to open like for five months and close. What's that say? It's not good. Yeah. You want all your businesses to be thriving. It's good for everybody when businesses are thriving. And this one ain't, Jack. This one is just, uh, not to go all Frank Sinatra on you there. Uh, but, Why but, not? Sing to me. <laughs> I got you under my skin. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, 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 they they got to land one of those guys. Simple as that. And, and I will tell you, I'm not saying he's a better player. Uh, I I got it. I'm almost thinking it's got to be Harper. I think so too. I I want uh, Harper more than Machado. That uh, I I don't know who I want more. I'm just trying to think of who might cause a little bit more buzz, you know. Uh, but whatever, they're going to have to absolutely uh, have to. You know, I'm listening to Joe Jilo Joe Jilo after the game, and uh, and he was just talking about they they just he didn't think they played with any kind of Fire Paul Jolliver's passion tonight, you know, and I think that's how Julio put it, didn't he, Mike? Uh, referred to it as Paul Jolliver's passion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Paul, by the way, just sometimes yeah. people think. Uh, but listening to Julio, I'm going, Wow, well, that's not good. I mean, this was a game, you know, it's there's
4: just no fire out there, yeah. I, I, I not. Just,
8: I don't know what to uh, tell you about next year. I, your no, question's right on the money, and it's it's not good for businesses that you know, and it's not good for uh, it's not good for anybody. You, you you want all your teams to to play well, and I just don't know where this team is heading. No, you you can't come up like
0: usually at this point of the year. You can say with enough certainty of the few moves like. They've got this hole to fill, they need to sign somebody at this spot, and they'll be fine. Like if these players progress, they'll be fine. But you don't know where anybody's going to play. You don't know who the like Matt Clentak is favoring to have certain jobs. I just I don't know what to expect. I can't I can't predict their off season even a little bit outside of they're going to throw a lot of money at Harper and Machado and
8: and we just cross our fingers and pray. And I will tease this a little bit. I literally in fact you can go to com, scroll all the way down to the bottom. And there's a complete list of every act I've ever seen live. Okay, it's hundreds, all right? And I saw a show tonight that ranks with any of the great shows I've ever seen. Like, and that's really saying something. Yeah. uh, And I will talk about that as well. On the other side, I'm not going to tell you who. Oh. Okay. Well, there uh, you have it. uh, You have yourself a safe trip home?
0: All right, we'll do. That's Big Daddy Graham. He's got Bill Matz joining him tonight. They're going to be hanging out. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to thank John Johnson for the updates. Mike Angelina for producing the show. Does so much more than answer the phones, that Mike Angelina. And uh, I, of course, and Vince Quinn, you can always keep up with me. At It's Vince Quinn, Uh, watch something that isn't the Phillies. Get ready for the Eagles win on Sunday, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care.